Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to Rule the Roost podcast. Wow. Antonio Conte's nasty, nasty Lily Whites. They're doing the business. No losses so far. No L's on the board. Although, you know, many people are kind of acting as if we have got L's on the board. They need to snap out of it, don't they, Spooky? No, because then I'd have nothing to be triggered uh, with. Do you know what I mean? I need, I need to be fighting something all of the time. Do you know what I mean? So... Let them continue to moan. Uh, to be fair, I'm seeing more and more on my timeline now, um, even though I've got most people muted. Um, and, and a certain someone keeps sharing things through WhatsApp that end, ends up with me going down a rabbit hole and therefore <laughs> finding these tweets in the first place. wonder who that is. But yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it, mate. I, I kind of I understand the critiquing. I understand that there are things that need fixing. There, there's certain things that that are definitely worth debating and talking about, but when you look at the stats, you look at the points accumulated since Conte's been here. You look at the confidence and the self belief in the players. You look at how professional and efficient they are. They're doing all the basics really, really well. We we just haven't got swagger. We haven't got urgency in that first half at the moment. Long season ahead. I mean, see. This is the thing, right? I've seen the obviously the Mourinho comparisons are coming, and I don't. That's mad. Yeah, but I, but. <laughs> I, I get it. I, I do get the feeling like we invite pressure onto ourselves quite a lot, you know. Um, and it isn't it isn't always the prettiest to watch, you know. There is kind of that fear: oh, if we're doing this against a better team, are they going to make their chances count? But then I sort of look at it. I think, well, what chance? Are, I mean, Chelsea. It remains to be seen how good Chelsea are or not, right? I think that's yeah, kind of is yeah, very up in the air. Sure. Um, I think we'd all hoped that they'd be terrible, but maybe they're not. But maybe they are. We don't. We don't really know. But still, you know, we kind of we played in a similar fashion against them. Yep, they got two goals, but they were two pretty fluky goals, right? They were kind of where well, the second goal was probably more an error on our part. But other than that. They weren't creating a hatful of chances. Like, Lloris didn't have an awful lot of work to do. And Nottingham Forest yesterday got one shot on target. So, yeah, I do kind of, to, to your point, like, I do think there's a certain level of professionalism, focus to what Tottenham are doing. And one of the big differences, I would say, I was talking to somebody about on Twitter yesterday, that, like, the big difference for me is that when we're going forward, there's so much more of a plan there. Um, there's, it's yeah, yeah, not yeah, just sure. give it to Son and Kane and see what they can do kind of thing like the the way yeah. we are attacking those waves I don't know if you saw they they highlighted it on match of the day um last night they were just showing like the waves 
of players like bodies that flood forwards every time Spurs get the ball and kind of like the the attack formation if you like the kind of the the, the patterns that they're they're all running in it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing to to see but you know do do you think it's do you think we've not clicked or do you think this is all part of the plan do you think we are just kind of like tire them out in the first half <clears> and then <throat> go for it second half kind of thing because it, it's there's so, there's so many theories around this that have, have been bouncing around my head because you can say that you know maybe we are being deliberate possibly uh, but then you can counter that by saying that we don't always look that comfortable with the, the with the, the middle pairing, you know, being congested, being outrun and outfought because there's just too many bodies from the opposition in the middle. So then you think, why would we deliberately allow ourselves to be overwhelmed in the middle and then wing backs kind of drop too deep and they're not supporting the midfield? But on the counter, it all it all does click, right? Against Forest, you can bang on about Spurs giving up possession, but then you can look at the amount of chances that we created. Every time we went forward, you'd thought, we're going to score. And it was just individual polish, arguably, that didn't allow us to go three or four nil up, right? So you can say, you can say if that happened, the system's working perfectly fine. Allowing us, allowing a team like Forest to attack us didn't really cause us that many problems. If you actually look at all their possession and their pretty football, they they weren't really crafting those opportunities out there. Maybe had one or two good, good efforts. But aside from that, we defended really comfortably. And then obviously you've got Conte saying that, you know, um, it's not what he expected. So there's this kind of Mourinho-esque echo of, you know, this isn't what we train to do. We should have more of the ball. The midfield should be passing the ball with more confidence and more control. And and definitely, I I I think that there's no problem with us being deliberate and allowing the opposition to to, to retain possession and this and then us counter slapping them. That that ain't a problem. But it's I guess it's the minute to minute sloppiness and, and and casualness and that kind of lack of connection between certain players. Um, that you can read a lot into. And I think a lot of people are comparing to Mourinho and Nuno, but genuinely, I think that's a cartoon exaggeration of, of what's playing out. We are nowhere near as, you know, Mar- the Mourinho's Tottenham seems to have this kind of one-way, one-route type of football, right? Pump it up towards Kane and Son. Um, and the, the whole high line thing, when it, um, uh, when it was working... But other than that, we always looked uncomfortable. I never looked to the players and believed that they believed they knew what they were doing. It looked chaotic. And Mourinho would often say, it's the players, It's not. that's not what we train to actually do. But we've, with Conte, it does feel like they know what they're meant to be doing. But perhaps they haven't got that kind of um, extra bounce, you know, that extra little bit of energy. And the, the, half, the first half thing compared to the second half... You know, I often wonder at home we've got enough quality to maybe relax the the conditioning and the and the and the tactical element of. I know Conte is very stubborn, but maybe the first fifteen twenty minutes of a home game, just fucking attack, just go fully Harry Redknapp on them, and just because the thing is, we will overwhelm teams. Uh, but he's obviously very committed to to playing this particular way, and maybe that's there's a purpose to that. Maybe the thinking is that over thirty games. 40 games, 
um, you know, cup games included, you're, you're bound to win a lot more if you're if you're conditioned in a certain way rather than freestyling it and, and just being a little bit more little bit more open so it's a tricky one and 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 again i'm kind of sat here thinking wait until 10 games 15 games have gone we know whether this is us not clicking completely or whether this is our style football and i doubt it's it's that do you think see one of the issues i have with it really um because i i was sort of on my little rambling kind of solo pod reflecting after the game yesterday my whole kind of point there was that and i you know, this is what I feel essentially is that I think whatever Conte is doing now is only really going to be something that we're going to be able to fully appreciate positively or negatively in retrospect, right? It's something we're going to look yeah. back on and say, oh, that's what he was doing. That was a masterstroke or, oh, that's what he was doing. How naive it's Mourinho all over again kind of thing. Um, and I mean, it, it's so I, I'm finding it hard to sort of draw too many conclusions out the back of this. Um, the only sort of thing I do kind of feel about it, and that's maybe, I guess, disappointing. That's the sort of word I'd, I'd use mm. for it. Like you say, especially when we're at home, like in the Wolves game, I do kind of feel that like the kind of the tendency to sit back, should we say, sit back and absorb whatever it is that they can bring at us. I do feel that it emboldens our opposition a bit. You know, I do yeah, feel like it, 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 it breeds a lot of comp- like... Um, it allows Com- them to settle. Yeah, confidence, and it lets them play the sort of the game they want to play, which I don't really know still. I mean, it's it's tough, isn't it, right? Because is Conte doing this to kind of tire out the opposition, the old whatever it is, rope-a-dope, sucker-punch type thing? Or is this simply a case of him again, as Mourinho did, having kind of fears about the individual quality in our defence, thus creating a solid defensive unit to to uh whatever the word is, to compensate for that hmm. um but either way you kind of would sort of like to think spurs have more quality available to us than to just kind of really sit back and take it if you like um but i mean like i say this is the thing though but Maybe that's not what we're doing. Maybe we're just fully comfortable in the fact that we know we can contain these teams, see them get frustrated, see them break ranks, see them kind of commit players further forwards, knowing that it almost guarantees us goals. It it almost... And that's the crazy thing about the quality of our attack, right? Is it's it's not just a kind of, oh, let's just counter-attack and hope. It's not like kind of the old days of Spurs when we'd have somebody like... Chris Armstrong or Stefan Everson lead in the line. And it's kind of like, well, you know, if we get them into a good opportunity, there's a hope that they'll score. The, the mad thing about this Tottenham attack is really, if there's a viable opportunity for them, nine times out of 10, they're probably going to score it, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So if we are kind of employing this tactic whereby we're letting the opposition come on to us, like I say, commit more bodies forwards in this hope that, oh, Spurs are sitting back. We can do something against them here knowing that every time we get a break, we can we can almost guarantee a goal. Um, maybe it is a kind of form of attack. Maybe defence is the best form of attack, Spooky. That older dodge. Like... <laughs> I mean, this is, this is it. What we don't know is what, what they're actually agreeing to and planning, you know, uh, a hotspur hot way. Like, what is there a, a logic behind the whole... 
um, kind of reserve yourself, preserve yourself, hold back, let them come at us. We know we've got the quality to counter. We're going to score goals. It's not a problem. We're good enough to, to, to contain them. It's not the most entertaining type of football, but, but you're right. I don't think Conte's Chelsea, when, they won, when he won the league with them, were that kind of inclined to play defensively like that. They would, they would, they obviously had more elite players, you know, as, as they oh. have always, well, I mean, you know, you know what it's like, they just collect players and they send most of them out on loan. It's just, it's, it's a maddening difference, you know, when you look at these type of squads and it's a lot easier to ask them to play a certain type of way. Uh, but what they did really well, and, and, and I guess a, a, a lot of top-tier teams do really well, is in the moments where you're not counter-attacking, in the moments where you're not setting traps for the opposition to fall into, you you kind of you kill several minutes of, of, of football by holding onto the ball and, 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 con and controlling and maybe draining that tempo uh, back towards you know our advantage rather than giving them the the ability to to dictate you know the the waves of attack and and yeah at home it should you know the onus should be on us definitely because i think we've got enough about us to kill teams in the first half rather than have to come out in the second half and graft a little bit harder and and we are giving away that tempo by by sitting back you know, we are allowing the other the team to settle, the other team to, to find their rhythm and their groove, and, and suddenly they're the ones who think, oh, hello, you know, we could we can keep going at Tottenham here. Yeah? And we made the mistake, you know, against Southampton, they, they scored first, even though we, we were kind of knocking on the door, but it wasn't, it wasn't at full pelt. It's four games. So there's all these other questions around, you know, the whole thing about clicking, you know, is it because there's certain players that are not playing that well at the minute or that the midfield is is perhaps not really getting to grips with what they're being tasked to do? Uh, and maybe the, the way we're adjusting to support the midfield isn't quite working because then it impacts the wing-backs. And there's all these little little kind of narratives going on that I'm not paid to worry about. But if we're talking about it, like like we keep saying, Conte must be aware and he must also know that you can't get away with this type of football all of the time. And we are holding back the potential of this team. But when you've got Son not really, you know, firing on, on any cylinders right now, you know, that takes a, a fair bit out of you because that could be like an extra goal a game that you're missing out on, more, you know, more or less. There, there, there's certain things that just feel like they need a bit more polish um, and again, I, I know it's broken record. It's a long old season. I'd rather we build into that kind of momentum rather than just click on the first game because then I'd be really worried. There'd be like no ceiling to kind of shoot through. So, well, but this is it's thing, tricky, it? man. There's no, there's no clear answer to any of this. And I think people are seeking. They want an answer, and they're going to give you the answer. And it's either going to be we're fucking shit, or it's it's. Be patient. We, we've barely lost in, you know, fifteen games or whatever it is. In, in, if you if you really consider last season relevant, and and we're we're accumulating points, and and we're just we know how to grind and win games, and we're still playing well. This thing about us having four poor, four poor performances, I think, is a bit of an exaggeration as well. I, I think it's a massive. I think it's a massive over exaggeration. Yeah, kind of. There's a couple of things there to touch on. Is in that. 
you know, if we're talking about them down the road in comparison to us, look at the level, the intensity, the kind of the emotion they're pouring into every single one of their games now. But really, that's hiding the fact that, look, they got that Palace game. Really, it was it was a tougher game than they let on. But Palace away is a tough game. Palace are a, Palace are a decent side, so I think that is a good result for them. But that game against Fulham, man, they, they dragged that over the line, you know? They really mm. dragged that over the line. They're doing kind of victory laps of the pitch and stuff after that. And this isn't celebration police, but this is also kind of noticing that the intensity and the... Just look at the fan base. Look at the way they're reacting. They're so desperate to say that, like... There was one lad earlier on today saying that, like, I'm telling you now, this has got the same aura as the Invincible season about it. Fella, I saw come, that. Like, come on, lads. <laughs> like, I, we all get excited. We all look forward to this. But, but I really do think that type of stuff is indicative about a lot of the stuff that is going on about us at the moment. Like, we really, honestly, I really think we fucking knocked him silly beating him to the top four last season. You know, there's such a an air of desperation about everything it, that they're doing right now, right? And yeah, in yeah. terms of with Spurs, yeah. where we're at, what, we're two points off of them. We've arguably played a more difficult game than them in Chelsea away. Hmm. Wolves are not easy. Forest, again, you know, decent enough side potentially with the amount of money and everything they've spent. But whatever, we've probably had comparable fixtures other than we've had Chelsea away, they've had Palace away. I would still say Chelsea away is, is a more difficult fixture of the two. But we're kind of, we're getting there at a canter with a feeling that we've still got levels to go up. We haven't clicked yet. Arsenal feel like they're playing kind of liquid football at the moment. Arsenal feel like Gabriel Jesus is performing at an elite level right now. Odegaard is performing at a really, really good level. Their defence looks sound, but you're waiting for kind of, you're kind of like, well, it's all going swimmingly for them now. So we're waiting for the things. We're waiting for the cracks to appear for them. We're already kind of Mm. seeing the cracks at Spurs at the moment. Not even cracks. That cracks feels overstated, you know? Mm. We're seeing the things that we feel that we can improve upon now, but we're still getting the results. And... All of the noises coming out of Conte, it's not its not fist pumping at the crowd. It's not coming on and doing these big showy kind of hugs of all the players on the pitch at the end of each game, all this type of thing. It's Conte saying, it's a long, hard season. These players know what it takes. They know they have to win every single game. They have to come into every single game and want three points. You know, we're not celebrating anything yet. You know, and it's it, it's not as flashy, it's not as fun, it's not as exciting. No, but no. but again, but like you were saying about Conte's Chelsea, do you know who do you know who the flashy, fun, exciting team were then? Tottenham fucking Hotspur. That sixteen seventeen Maurizio Pochettino team were probably the best team in Europe, the most exciting, fun team to watch. Brilliant, absolutely fantastic. And as I said on a podcast sort of a few weeks back, that Antonio Conte's Chelsea side were just a horrible robotic menace that just didn't drop points. They just got yeah. it all the way to the end. Eighty-six points we finished on, and we still I know didn't I know win the Premier League because of them. If we can make let Arsenal do whatever they want, let Arsenal kind of release whatever shirt they want to release that looked great and let them kind of make <laughs> compilations and talk about Martinelli and Odegaard and whoever being the best players in the world. If we're the ones that keep getting results and we get it across the line, I couldn't I couldn't give a fuck at this point in time. I've kind of I've lost probably a lot of this sense of like 
we have to do, we have to, if we are going to win the league, we have to win it this so-called right way. I just want to see us fucking win something big now. You know, mate, that's kind of what I feel. So if, if I do have to sacrifice a little bit of myself to that, you know, to this Conte, whatever it is, I can take it, you know, and, I'm, I'm, and, and as you say, I'm not even that convinced that it is that stale, what we're watching. Some of the kind of the patterns in attack that we're seeing are pretty fucking brilliant, you know, hmm. um, I wanted to talk. It, yeah, go on, mate. I was just going to quickly say, I don't think, I don't think the the, the issue with Arsenal, the, the thing that they should be worried about, is that you can only get so far on motivation, which is which I think is what Arteta is good at. He's he, he feels like he's motivating a Sunday league team of like fourteen year olds, and he's like being this dad character and putting his arms around them, but you know, shouting at them too. But it doesn't feel like there's much more to that. And I think the fragility there is being showcased by him, by the overreactions and like almost like, you're the best. I told you you're the best. And I'm going to show you that you're the best. I'm going to hug you. And all this. and, and, and they're, they're fans who have been humbled to the point where they're actually enjoying football again. But they don't really understand how to just enjoy football um, without it being kind of polluted by extreme hopes you know back in the day when Spurs fans used to be accused of delusions of grandeur and the rest of it I think the Arsenal fan base seem to have fallen into that into that kind of pattern where playing really well is somehow a sign of greatness and the reality is that you know you have to grasp for everything and 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 perhaps you have to hold back as well on being too uh, emotional and too um, too dreamy about what's happening. And and but anyway, I mean, I don't want to bang on about them too much. Other than I think they're they're, they're still a fragile football club from top to bottom. Spurs are more dogged. Spurs are looking more like a machine, and it's repetition, I guess. Maybe that's why. We're playing the way we're playing, so that when we have to play like this, we know how it's going to play out. We know what we need to do, and this is what I mean: all the deep defending, all everything that we were doing yesterday, even with Forrest having all that pressure, Spurs never gave a. Um, they never gave the impression they were going to collapse. You know, they they never gave the impression because there was nothing. There was no real pressure there. It was just watching Forrest play the ball. And 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 to be fair, they look pretty good. But it, it, but the, you know you need that punch at the, at the the back end of it, and Spurs have got that in abundance. Even when we're not firing on all cylinders across the the front three, we can still win two 0 and should have won four or five nil, arguably. So that is good. That's a positive because it just shows you that Spurs can win these games. When we step up, and to and people saying that we're not going to step up. When we do step up, there, there'd be there'd be another level. Maybe we can settle on that other level. Maybe we 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 then don't fall back to the levels that we've seen in the first four games, where we're surrendering all this time and space, and then counter-attacking. Maybe we can go up a level, and and maybe have more of the ball in the first half, and rattle the opposition more, and then and then settle back. They get happy, they attack, we counter, we score. So there's there's probably there's probably a really kind of logical 
uh, kind of structure to to what Conte's trying to do. And and a lot of it is this kind of suffer together, you know, mentality, hate losing. And I think that that's the dirty work. That's the ugly work. That's the stuff that we do not like watching as supporters. Mm. But it's a necessary trait. And we have banged on for years about Spurs not having these traits not having the winning mentality and now we've got fucking spurs fans who are who are literally saying it's not good enough it reminds me of nuno mate it's not comparable like like it is not comparable i've seen turgid i've seen people saying this you know we were playing terrible football and the midfield is this and the attack is this and dyer and davis are awful and it's I don't buy into that. You can't say that after four games that this is terrible. When you look at the table and you look at, you just try and pull some context into what you're saying. You can see that that Spurs are a very, very good team, but they have yet to really manoeuvre into uh, into the space that they'd be able to. Um, and I'm all right with that. Now, ask me in ten games. If we're still playing like this, then then I'm going to be worried a little bit after 10, 10 games. My 10 games in particular? I don't know. I always had this thing about um, about the first 10 games of the season. You re- you By the end of them, you really kind of get to understand where you're heading. Yeah. You know, let's say we lose one in 10. That's pretty good going, I think, anyway. You know, because you, you, we might end up losing one game every 10 games, maybe. I mean, this is really basic science here and mathematics here. It doesn't really play out like that. We know that. But after 10 games, if we're, if we're like top three or whatever, and we haven't lost or we've only lost one game, then you kind of know it's working. And if the football has, has lifted a little bit, in, just in terms of urgency and dominance and possession and all these other things, then it's like, oh, there, there is there is a different style to the way we play. It's not just about sit deep and counter. Um, but, you know, it, I can't remember who I was speaking to. Maybe it was, it was Flav the other day, yesterday. Like, we're a counter-attacking team. So if that's what we're really good at and we're one of the best in the country... Then we're gonna we're gonna have to find a way to to use that effectively because we genuinely can score every time we go forward. We've got that type of quality up front. So it's how we counter the opposition countering our counter attacks. That's the that's the thing that perhaps we've yet to to really see. We see Chelsea nullify us uh, quite well, and I guess that's that's where some of the other question marks are. I think one of the things that's quite interesting and worth bearing in mind as well is that. Really, we're kind of we're in that stratosphere of teams now, especially the hype and you know the whole fucking country sings. What do you think of Tottenham? You know nowadays, which mm. is just, just mad to me. It's mad to me that we are like the bad guys and all this, but we are, you know, and that's just whatever. So I crossed a bear, but it does seem that like most of these games that we are we're playing at the moment, the teams really, really want to get a result. Like they they they're turning it up to like notch eleven right when they play against Tottenham and that's something that we can't kind of understate you know the fact that all of their players are treating us like a fucking cup final at the moment and we're still coming through these games you know yeah and I do think when when this season right because this is this is early it's still early days in the season right we've all seen the state of that October fixture list right teams are going to start getting fucking tired soon 
Teams aren't going to be able to play with this intensity against Tottenham for an entire season. And that's when I really think we're going to start to see us shine. Like when, when, when it really gets into the business end of this, teams start picking up injuries, fatigue mounts up, all this type of thing. A Spurs team that's as ruthless as this, that can just kind of stay disciplined, stay focused and strike when they need to. It's a type of team that, again, I keep saying it, mate, but it's a type of team that wins titles. It exactly. really is. And I think, it, I, I get it. Like, it is, it's it's the early point in the season. Everyone's excited. Everyone's bought all their new merch this this top end of the year. Everyone's kind of got their tickets lined up. They're looking at what European games they're going to go to or not. Or Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a new mm. season. It's new promise. We mm. want to kind of see all the new signings come in. We want to see a completely new Tottenham going out with swagger, with verve. But it just feels again like it's Tottenham kind of going about business as usual. The business at the tail end of last year that saw us come from fucking Phoenix from the ashes to go on and qualify for the Champions League. Lest we forget the Arsenal team last year who were looking like looking like they were odds-on to get Champions League football, who were playing with this verve, this swagger, this whatever. But when it fucking came down to it, they couldn't get it over the line. And the team that was there was Tottenham Hotspur, playing much in the same way as they're playing now, just in a disciplined, professional decisive kind of ruthless fashion um and what is it like Conte's record now isn't it he's Spurs are like with we've won the most games this calendar year or something I can't I'm not sure what it is but. yeah there's a, a point accumulation since Conte became manager and, and and it's it's all positive stats you know it's obviously where people are fixating is the style of football um it's it's just it's a weird it's a weird dance that that Spurs fans kind of stumble and tread on each other's feet with because uh, because on the one hand it's like I want us to win something I want us to I, I want us to be competitive I want us to not bottle it and all this kind of stuff and then when Spurs are actually playing in a way that allows them to blossom in terms of discipline and to be nasty and to be ugly and to just have those traits that winners have um People then shit the bed and are suddenly, well, this this is I don't understand what's going on. It's it's going to fall apart any minute, and we keep on winning games. We keep accumulating the points, but but this they're fight they're almost fighting against the very thing that they want. Now I don't want us like it's it, style and identity is really important to me and, and to most Spurs fans. But there's there's again there's got to be a bit of a balance in there. Like we have to make sacrifices. I backed Jose Mourinho because I thought there'd be a balance between that kind of winning mentality, grinding results out, being being a bit dirty, being a bit different, um, and then stylizing it a little bit with a bit of Tottenham football. But it never went that way. It just completely fell apart. Um, he did not have the capacity uh, to give us what we needed. And the players obviously didn't have the capacity as a collective to give him what he wanted. So it was just... It didn't sink, whereas it is sinking with, with with Conte, and they're buying into it. And I think most fans are buying into it as well. But you know, we kind of fall back on the old Tottenham, you know, swashbuckle swagger. I don't think you get that with a Conte team. I think we all knew that from the start. Um, but perhaps, it, like I said earlier, there is another level that we can get to, where where we're more aggressive. 
that we do the bullying in the first half. And we're like, this is our patch. We're going to put you in your place in the opening 20, 25 minutes. The game's going to be dead. See you later. I think we do have that in us for a lot of the home games. Um, and 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 that's 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 what I want from from this Conte team. Maybe to to show me against your Bournemouths and stuff like that, right? Yeah, you want and us it's just, being... just trample them. Yeah, I'm not being disrespectful to these teams either. Oh, I'm not, fuck you know, it. The... be disrespectful. <laughs> the, the, the Premier League's a tough, tough old league, right? You know, you if you take anything for granted, if you if you're complacent, if you're overconfident, you think you've won the match before it's even kicked off, then you, you, you're gonna you're gonna fall on your ass. It, it happens often. Um, and with Spurs, it, it, it used to be, a, I guess, a trait, but it wasn't really a Tottenham trait. There's no such thing as Spursy in reality. It's just that teams get beaten, teams make mistakes, teams are inconsistent. And, and, and Conte's worked really hard to make us consistent, mm. make us difficult to play against. We have those players. And that's big, that just, right? That's huge. Because we massive. do forget that, right? We, we really forget that. Under Mourinho and under Nuno, the consistency was fucking maddening. Or the lack thereof, you know. Mm. Sorry, and it I took just jumped it, in, but no, 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 it's fine. I, I mean, it took time for Conte to find that consistency too, but that was more because he was trying to implement structure and, and systems and, and transitions and patterns of, of play and all the other things, and they weren't gelling. They weren't working. You could see the players weren't quite kind of organically flowing into the space that they they were meant to flow into, and the movement looked a bit disjointed. And that's just the learning curve. That's just the 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 difficult part where you, you're kind of not getting it. You have to study and study and study, and then you sit the exam and you fucking pass it. And and Spurs passed the exam. I guess the exam would have been the way that last season ended, um, and we kind of pulled it out of the bag. But it's that that's development, and and a lot. And again, the impatience in football is that. People think that, oh, we've lost again. End of days, you know, we're fucking done. And it's like, no, you're not. We're not done. Like, they're, they're building blocks. And we, we we have to build towards something. He's not a magician. Things aren't going to click immediately. Uh, but all the right things have clicked. It's just at the minute, arguably, it's the... It, it, it's some of the application in some of the games that, that we want more from because we know that we're, we're capable of a lot more. And and again, you know, I, I believe that that level will be reached at some point soon. I think as well, like in terms of what you're saying about like not being disrespectful to other sides. I mean, yesterday, this, the conversation I feel is very, very different. Were it not for Nottingham Forest's pretty exceptional defending. Like there's, there's, if you actually look back on the game, there's at least three or four goal-saving challenges like yeah. thrown I saw your in. Tweet by, about this. Yeah, number Completely one, one of the main ones, Hoybier's through ball to Kane. Kane was through on goal, and it was a literal like last-ditch, perfect sliding tackle to deny yeah, Kane the opportunity. There was another one. There was at least two, if not three, on Kulisevsky when he kept cutting in. Like they yeah. they had they had the measure of Kulisevsky in terms of his cutting Iron Robin you know, left foot kind of thunder bastard routine. Um, so, you know, Forrest played, Forrest played well. You've got to give them their dues. Um, I wanted to sort of ask you, mate, because it is, it's a, it's a sensitive one. We've kind of touched on it a little bit, but where are you at with Son? 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What, what, what are your feelings? Because, yeah, look, I'll, uh, he's, he's What are you thinking? Well, he's not, you know, he hasn't been great, has he? Um, and it's hard to know. You know, it's all speculation at the moment, right? It's all speculation. Is he tired? Is he carrying the kind of weight of having won the golden boot last year? Is he somebody that's not responding well to the fact he's got competition now? We always kind of take for granted, um, or we just assume, should we say, that players having competition, people breathing down their neck, is going to bring the best out in them. Not everybody performs that well under those kind of circumstances. Last time we saw some with real kind of competition trying to get into the team, we almost sold him. You know, in the early days of his career, I suppose when he was battling with Ericsson, Deli Ali, these kind of players to get a bit of game time. Um, it wasn't until we kind of ended up playing a system that more kind of catered to his unique kind of abilities and things like that that we started to get yeah. the best out of Son and everything like that. So now he's got Richarlison, Kulisevsky, they're kind of providing competition for him. Still got Mora kind of on the bench there or thereabouts. Maybe he's just not performing that well, or maybe it's just Son in a bit of a moment. Maybe he's just not doing that well. But I think the the the, the point is, and it, I am I do contradict myself a bit on this sometimes because I do feel that there is this kind of, and I agree with it. The point is made. I think you you were making the point with Bardi on the fighting cock the other week that we need to stop viewing this as a starting eleven. This is a squad game. You know, this isn't players that are being dropped. This is a player that's kind of being rotated, brought in because for whatever reason. But, and I, I do agree with this is the problem. I, do, I really do agree with that. But I do feel that this Son situation is a lot more sensitive because he has been one of our main, like, he's been one of our main protagonists for the past three, four years now, right? And I think with this new guy, Richarlison, coming in, if we suddenly start a game when Son's not been playing particularly well with Richarlison instead of Son, it is going to feel like Son's been dropped. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's, I guess, if we're being ruthless about it, if we're being nasty kind of Conte about this, this is kind of where heroes are made or they fall, isn't it? This is kind of, mm. this is, this is mm. what the game's about. But I guess me just personally, I'm not as comfortable in this feeling of like, feeling that Son is just somebody that we should just just discard, somebody that should just be jettisoned from the team. We sort of, in his good moments, we're all very comfortable talking about this is a guy that loves Tottenham. He kind of lives and sort of breathes Spurs. He signed a new contract with us. He could have gone to anywhere in the world. You know, Liverpool would have had him. 
Munich would have had him. Real Madrid probably would have had him. But no, he's he's dedicated to Tottenham. He loves us. We love him. It's Sonny. It's the fans player of the season. And now kind of two, three games in, there's a, I just think there's a disproportionate level of ire for him, I guess, in certain circles. And I don't know. I do... I. We, people need to be free to be able to discuss the idea of Son being kind of dropped. I guess the point I'm trying to make is I'm just I'm not comfortable with it overall yet. You know, I think he needs a bit more time, and I do think he'll come good. But I'm not I'm not under any illusions. It hasn't been good at the moment. It really hasn't. No, it, he was it, awful yesterday. He he was yeah he was really just, bad. I think we we might have spoken about it before, and I think it's been mentioned on on well, in every conversation really. Um, that he's 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 kind of he's kind of stuck in his own head, and we don't know, we don't know if it is a fitness thing. We don't know if it's like a like a psychological thing uh, to do with Richarlison. Um, you know whether whether there is, you know, on the pitch, there's this kind of lack of instinctive uh, play. There's this kind of lack of self belief, and you can see yeah. that. And and yet, sometimes Son is a bit streaky. Sometimes he has games where you know he's either a hundred percent or he's forty percent, and there's no in between. You know, these are all, all the type of things that we t- we say as Spurs fans. You know, the whole language around players getting dropped. You know, it's all it's all very kind of negative and like drop him, he's shit. And it's well, like you said, it's a squad game. It's it's the whole point is to be able to protect these players. So dropping him for me is more about protecting him and trying to work out what it is that isn't quite working. Because if he was, if Conte really felt there was a problem there, then yeah, maybe he's asking him to play through it. But on the training pitch, it'd be obvious his levels would would drop on the training pitch. And and Richarlison, who looks like someone who believes should be playing ahead of. Kane, you know, the guy it just oozes his self-belief. Um he I, I I imagine is absolutely impeccable on the training pitch, right? I'm sure they all are, to be fair. They've got Conte as the gaffer. They're not they're, none of none of them are gonna slack because they're not gonna get anywhere near the first team. So Son must be doing something right uh in and around Hotspur way. Out on the pitch. He definitely looks a little bit lost. You know, there was a conversation. I, I, I kind of spoke about it um, myself yesterday, and there's and I, I need to look into this a bit more because I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm not the most analytical person in terms of tactics and the rest of it. But I'm just wondering whether his on-field responsibilities, him having to defend a lot more, is problematic to the way that his game flows. That you know is is the fact that you're asking Son to defend and help the midfield out detrimental to what you're asking him to do when going forward? Because I think they're oceans apart in terms of the quality that he possesses when he's doing what he's good at, because he's a forward, rather than being asked to come back and and, and maybe defend, which he's not very good at. I don't know, because he didn't have a problem last season, right? Golden boot, and he was on fire. I don't know if there's been some adjustments to tactics. Again, people that are more in, inclined with this type of stuff to, to to look into it might be able to educate me a little bit more. Maybe I've got this completely wrong in, in, in my theory. 
Uh, anything else is up for debate. We don't know. We don't know why his form has dropped. And it happens. It can happen. Some players start slowly. We've seen it with Kane. We've seen Kane. I know often with Kane, it was coming back from injuries, but he, he looked lethargic and overthinking and um, heavy touches. And then something would happen. And it's usually scoring. It's This is how... <sighs> This is how fragile footballers are, I guess, as well, just in terms of confidence, how one thing can change everything. Uh, and with Son, you kind of feel that if he plays, if he starts against West Ham and he scores an absolute blinder or he taps one in with his bum, whatever way, that that will probably change his, his self-belief, um, which is an incredible thing to talk about. The psychology of this really fascinates me because you got a guy who won, shared the golden boot last year. you got someone who is undoubtedly a club legend confidence shouldn't be an issue but we kind of forget as well that these are these are human beings and and as Mm. good as you are at anything you can have self-doubt it's crippling you know you can you can you can you can have problems with your with just the way that you approach things and not get it right at all that might be the case now we love son and this is what i mean at some point if if he plays against west ham and it's another poor performance then yeah i think the best thing for him with the the, the fixture congestion coming up to 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 bench him and that would be us looking after son and then maybe that will um create a you know, ignite a different type of reaction. You know, he was very upset when he was subbed yesterday. He was angry. I mean, probably angry at something else, but deep down angry at himself that it still hasn't worked. Um, and then you've got Richarlison coming on, showboating, <laughs> and showing a lot of quality as well for, for you know, for the for the assist and the way he won the ball and, and, and outside of the foot to Kane. It, it's, it's, it's a test. It's a test for... Son, it's a test for Richarlison. Can he be influential off um, as a starter rather than off the bench? And for Son, it's a test because you're right, he's not really been in this position before. But again, I think it's 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 a little bit exaggerated in only because our, we're so ambitious now and the, mm. the benchmark is so much higher that we should be we should be worried and concerned. I think it's a very natural thing to want our best players to always be at their best. But, you know, Mo Salah, uh, other players, top, top players at other clubs, they have their, their three or four games as well where they're, they're not that effective. But we're on the outside looking in. It doesn't bother us that much because we're not we're not a Liverpool fan. We're not whomever. Like with Spurs, obviously everything is amplified because we are Tottenham supporters. So... So yeah, it's it, it's it's definitely a tricky a, a tricky situation, um, but it shouldn't be it, because again, Conte will know best, Son will know best. They will make the right decision. If he starts against West Ham, then I'll, I'll back that, and and yeah, and and hope that he scores, and then that will just maybe change his his story arc for this very 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 early stage of the season. You've kind of you jumped onto Richarlison there. I do want to talk about him, um, probably in quite a lengthy fashion in a minute. But yeah, yeah, of course. Before we get to him, I do want to just have another little shout out as well to Kulisevsky because, <sighs> mate, just what is this lad that we? I mean, again, I, d- I want to be, I want to be able to say this stuff without people sort of perceiving this as somehow 
negative or whatever or fear mongering i'm not Mm. there's just there's a distinct feeling here of like when we had luka modric with kulosevsky it feels to me like we're witnessing an utterly exceptional generational player that in two three maybe years time real madrid do come to us and just say what do you want do you know what do you want for him because i'm just i'm consistently just blown away by the by the lad and his the level he's at the football and intelligence the technical ability on display from a player as young as he is i mean it's it's always it 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 feels silly to say because he is an attacking player but he's not one of those really kind of acute center point focal point attacking players like mbappe or Haaland. but i i honestly bracket him at their level i think he is i think he's wow. I, I, mate, I honestly, I think he's one of the best young players in the world. I do. I think he's, I think he's up there with Foden. I think he's up there with Haaland. I think he's up there with a player like Mbappe. Like they, he just to me is, he's a sensation. Like every time he gets the ball, I'm just wondering, like, how is, how do we have this kid? I don't get. I don't, and just a, as a kind of a player that was seen as a fairly underwhelming squad filling. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Random signing, Paratici calling up his old mates. That exactly, like a desperate last minute yeah, job. That we've signed a, a star boy, you know? Um, Can I ask a question? Is star boy the replacement for Wonder Kid? I think so, yeah. I oh, think that's okay. what it is. I'm, it's me doing a bit of a, how, how, <laughs> how do you do fellow kids? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um are you? I'm, I'm getting. A, mate, you seem a bit more guarded. Do you not? You not? No, not no, loving, no, not at all. I completely agree. Am I out on you mate. as a Kulisevsky hater? Here? No. <laughs> I, I, I don't disagree. Or Kulisevsky, as uh, as I think it was Jamie Redknapp kept calling him. Yeah, yeah, I clocked that. Oh, Jamie, Jamie Redknapp. That's a, that's another podcast on its own. Kulisevsky. Um, uh, is. He, he, I, I know we've spoken about this before, but. He just doesn't. He's another player that just doesn't seem to be phased by anything. And and often when you hear him talk, um, there was an interview. I think it was with Sky Sports actually, Boo. where he, he he's talking about what Conte expects from him. And there was all those quotes around, you know, he doesn't want me to have fun. He wants me to go out there and kill, you know. And it's it's he 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 talks really well. He he's. His self-belief, again, is showcased every time he's on the ball. He's confident. And he has that ability in not looking like he's going to do anything and then looking like he's about to just destroy and score, just in a, in just in a flash, in the blink of an eye. He has... Every time he cuts in, you think if he if he, if he he connects, it's going into the back of the net. I mean, it should have happened a few times against Forrest, like you said. He's top tier, and it, and it and it it's it's again it's that thing with football. Like, why did it not work out for him at Juventus? I mean, I'm glad it didn't, but it, it kind of shows you that sometimes heroes are birthed uh, without you really knowing um, or predicting that it's it's going to happen. You know, it kind of happened with Gareth Bale. You know, arguably, um, and and with Kulusevski, we have fallen on our, on our feet in 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 the. I mean. Daniel Levy must be absolutely loving this because he's got 
he's almost got a a type of replacement for Son and Kane, mm. right? Not not really, because obviously different types of players, but they're they're all playing. I know you all, mean though. Yeah, they can all play in the front three, but he we've already found one. So all this talk about what we're going to do when Son and Kane have to retire or they're too old to do X, Y, and Z, fine. But we've already got one player in place, and he he would be the the the, the kind of the spear the, the spearhead of the of the attacking lineup. I mean, he is explosive. Again, he just it looks so easy. It just looks so easy for him, and you you also start to think about his development. And what type of level he could reach? I mean, when you think when you think of what Gareth Bale actually achieved at Spurs, like his evolution, when it was like left back, left wing, through the middle, and you're thinking, "Was he? Why are you playing him in the middle? He's playing him on the left." And it's like, through, and suddenly he's Ronaldo. He can go. He can play anywhere. And and he and he was just on another level to everybody else, and he was winning games on his own. I think Kulusevski has so I know level I've probably used this word about a dozen times on this pod but he's another play that kind of has a an extra level to get to and he and again it looks like he he just looks like a player that will reach it without a problem I don't I don't doubt him at all I'm very very I'm as relaxed as he is about it because I'm kind of I know that I'm watching something great uh beginning um I just hope that Spurs can can kind of do something with all, with the players that we have at the moment to consolidate and validate all the work and, and also make them believe that it's worth staying on and not maybe start flirting with one or two other teams. Mm. Um, but Kulusevski could be that type of player where we don't have a con- control over that. Not because Spurs might not be successful, but because a lot of footballers are career-minded and they have kind of like, I want to be here at this stage of my career and then I want to be here. And it's very, very, very easy. If you're top, top tier, which I think he will be, it's very easy to get your move to Real Madrid or Barcelona. Do you know what I mean? See, the funny it's thing not is, a though, difficult thing to, to do. Is this... I'm just wondering now... Is this kind of where we need to sort of change our perspective slightly? Because it does seem to be in, you know, my ref, you've used their Real Madrid or Barcelona, and it's often my reference point. And I do think, although they're not kind of, I mean, it sounds ridiculous to say of Real Madrid that just won the Champions League last year. They're perhaps like the, their aura has waned. I mean, in Barcelona's case, it definitely has. But they're, you know, with this in your kind of new generation of moneyed elites with hmm. PSG, with Manchester City, um, the kind of the aura of Barcelona, Real Madrid has has waned, but it's still there, right? There's still something, I think, for young players. Um, I think especially like South American players and stuff are playing for one of those two big it's a, teams. It's a massive brand as well. And, yeah. And, but, I mean, but, but do you think... Do you think to to a young generation of players, to a young generation of players now that have grown up watching the likes of Son, likes of Harry Kane, um, players like Deli Alley and stuff like that, who sort of did help Spurs to break through? I know this all sounds a bit kind of like, hey kids, come and join the cool club kind of thing. Yeah. But Spurs, like, <laughs> <laughs> we obviously have kind of positioned ourselves as a young, exciting football club, right? A lot of our kind of 
it's what riles a lot of our older fans now the fact that a lot of our branding a lot of our stuff is all very kind of like geared towards kind of gen z now right a lot of it is geared towards bringing in a new generation a younger tier of fans whether it's are we the baddies you know i think we do it in quite a good way still i think i i I think i don't honestly if i'm if i'm had to be completely cards on the table about it i don't think spurs actually really get enough credit from us as fans for the kind of line that they tread i think they create a lot of content that caters to a pretty kind of broad spectrum of uh yeah yeah i i I agree of fans um and i think they have worked really hard and done really well to not only kind of bring in they know that yeah i mean they've they've worked hard on the american audience right they've worked hard on kind of on bringing in this in this younger fan base so i guess my point was that do you think somebody like kulisevsky actually is just thinking I've arrived. I am at a really good team. Or do you think until we start winning those big things, we're not quite there yet? I, ju- I just want to hope, I, I I do hope that somebody like Kulisevsky has had that experience at Juventus and is now thinking, who, I, I use Juventus because they are classically a bigger team than Spurs, right? I mean, hmm. there'll be some interesting discussion now as to, and this all is, this all constitutes that whole, what is a big club type thing? You know, what, what, Nottingham Forest have won two European Cups. They've won the league more recently than Tottenham have. Yet, are we a bigger club than them? Why are we a bigger club than them, if so? You know, that type of thing. It was all that conversation around the time of the of the Super League when that came yeah. out and you had yeah, the Gary yeah, Neville's yeah. being like, oh, why are Tottenham involved in this? Well, you know why we are, mate. You know, and it's... Yeah, I mean, it's hilarious when people like that say that considering they're, they're fronting the Premier League brand, um, which is just about money. I mean, that's what the Super League was about, mate. And it was him worried that he'll end up losing his job because they'd lose the coverage. Um, but Tottenham's stature ha- has grown, and and we we are we are a big club. We are we you know we're a big club. Please just... believe us. <laughs> <laughs> we're a big club, but we're but but we what we need, and I don't know if this is a good thing, but to kind of generate this kind of new breed of Tottenham supporters around the world um, and kind of kind of really sort of validate that is is by winning something if Tottenham if Tottenham were to win the Premier League and and Harry Kane won the World Cup I know this is like a, a, a fantasy um, uh, scenario here but you know and we won the World Cup as well with Kane lifting it it's the 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 absolute explosion of of a new breed of Spurs fan around the world would just be like impossibly annoying for for other supporters in about three or four years time, because it's much like you get so many uh, supporters around the world supporting clubs that were previously successful. You do get you do you do get a new breed of fan that is a glory hunter. Spurs have always had that attraction. I think because we've always managed to have world-class players, flair players, and play great football. You know, we've always had the Luka Modric's, the Berbatov's, um, just, just through, you know, every team has had like a worldie, like Gareth Bale, and then you've got people like Kane and Son. It's just unbelievable levels of, uh, of talent. We need that cherry on top of the cake. And then when that happens... I think everything falls into place and the likes of Kulisevsky will then look at the fact that, well, okay, we've won the league. Now, now I'm going to 
stay here and, and help Spurs win the Champions League. Um, and that's that. It's just momentum, isn't it? In the moment, and I kind of now, now that I'm a bit older, I'm a bit more philosophical. I get, I understand why players look to move to win things because they can easily choose a club to go to and win something immediately, right? Loads of them have done it. Carl Walker done it. Like, if, like Harry Kane could have done it and probably wanted to do it. Um, and you understand that because it's like, well, I'm elite. What I want to experience what it feels like to to be part of a, an elite team and lift an elite trophy. It doesn't always play out like that, and 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 Spurs, I guess, it's the the longest edging that's ever been recorded, probably, <laughs> and it's gonna it's gonna be an absolute the money shot to end all money shots when it does happen, because in that moment it'll probably feel better than any other win. That anyone anyone else has claimed ever, simply because of the narrative uh, that, that that's followed Tottenham, it, you know, it's Spurs never quite get over the line. Um, so yeah, it's the whole stature and brand building. I mean, I don't get caught up in the whole big club thing because I think Forest are, are a big club in terms of history, but obviously they're not a big club in terms of relevance right now. Um, and there are there are differences. You can respect them. You know, I kind of smiled when they were singing about you know their, their European cups on 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 Sunday, and and you know, good on them for doing that. No one's going to look at them and say, "Well, that happened years ago, mate," because they're they're because they're perceived as as, as a small club now. Do you get what I'm saying? Whereas if Spurs mm. start talking about the '60s, oh, you won it in black and white, did you? And it's like. We know not to go there simply because we just can't be asked for the the kind of spud tweets. And, and the, it does still wind me up when people say we've got zero trophies. Like, it but, shouldn't but do, but it does wind me just, up. Yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous. But it's also, it's also you've got to remember, Jack, the people telling you this were not born when Arsenal were invincible. Do you get what I'm saying? That like they weren't born when Arsenal last won the league. A lot of these supporters, I'm pretty sure, are we... literally kids. All right, that, if, we, that... if we're doing this though, right? So Arsenal, we won the League Cup more recently than Arsenal have won the Premier League, right? Yeah, but they're going to throw FA Cups in your face. Well, that's fine, but zero Premier Leagues for Arsenal then. If if our trophies don't count, zero Premier Leagues for Arsenal. They've not won it. That's... Yeah, you need to tweet that actually later. That's yeah, it. that's the tweet. You got to do that. Um, mate, like, fuck, I don't know. We just gotta, we gotta hope that Spurs get there. Um, because I don't care. I think there will be, there will be a level of we know this. You know, when we've won one Premier League, well, you've only won one. You know, took you long enough. They're always going to try and take it away from us. But oh, just, I wouldn't care. Know, at that no, point, no, I wouldn't we'll, give a shit. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's pipe and slippers territory after that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it, it really is. Um. I wanted to talk about sort of, I guess I said at length, but we're we're getting on a bit now with the podcast. But still, I did want to mention Richarlison because, yeah, yeah, again another, you know, a sublime performance when he came on. Really, I mean that assist, mate, that assist was just something delicious. Special. And we're yeah. starting to see now people that all those kind of why did we spend sixty million on this lad narratives i mean all it will take is him having a few bad games and they'll fire up again we know this we know how this cycle works but still for the time being i think people are starting to appreciate well we did spend money on having an option like him to bring on and affect games because it's something that he's done again um 
he does seem like I mean I, I was I was buzzing all along from from signing him I think it, it was a really really good bit of business for Spurs um are you you happy with it mate are you oh mate so you on board of him you know, before when he was playing for, I mean, even as 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 uh, recently as when Romero uh, nearly killed him, um, you know, he's the he's the player. It's that cliche, and it? it's the player that you hate when he's playing against you. Mm. But when you got him on, when you got him on your team, you absolutely love him. And it is like having an Eric Lamella, but far more refined and polished, and 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 more specialised in what he's meant to be doing. Whereas Lamella was meant to be like a Gareth Bell type of player and ended up being like a Norman Hunter. Um, so with, with Richarlison, it's his energy. I mentioned it earlier. It's that self-belief. He just feels like he's the, the best. He feel, he believes in himself and, and he can still back it up. And, and you know, he's had opportunities to maybe score and, he, and he's not quite connected. I think that will come. And I think you'll see another level to his game as well, just in terms of... Uh, confidence. Um, still need to see, like I said, how does he influence the game from the beginning? Is he the type of player we need in the first half of, of a home game? You know, if 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 you're looking to uh, to be on the front foot, but at the same time, how is he going to adjust? It's a lot easier to come on and influence the game in the latter stages. Like, how, how is he going to adjust to what Conte is going to ask him to do on the pitch? Is he going to be able to defend? Much like Sonny's struggling to do so, um, or, or is he going to just fit in comfortably, and and and, and his energy is just going to be the reason why he's going to be buzzing around the pitch? But he he's 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 exactly what we needed. He's not just a run of the mill kind of Danny Ings type of signing, who's a player a lot of people wanted and fancied to come off the bench and and do something. He adds an extra dimension, and there might be a few dark arts in there. But that's fine. You know, I thought his showboating was fucking hilarious. When he got caught in the bollocks as well, when he kind of had that delayed reaction. It, you know, I'm not super comfortable with, with play acting, but I'm kind of going to allow it a little bit because because I get it. I buy into the fact that it's the type of play that your team needs. And it's it's no different in some ways to... When we had the kind of spiteful Deli Alley, you know, when we when we when we've had players that have just been able to kind of just give that extra something to antagonise or to disrupt, to add a bit of controlled chaos to to proceedings, and he brings that, and I'm all for it, man. It's box office, and and like I said, when he starts scoring as well, I think that the people that are on just on the fence at the minute, I think will just just follow us to to where we're sat. I think one of the things I really took for granted with Richarlison as well, like when he wasn't playing for us, and I guess it's now you kind of, I would say you're seeing him up close, if you like, is that uh, he's a presence, isn't he? Physically, he's like, he's a he's a bit of a unit, man. And he's like, he's fast and he's really fucking agile, you know? He's a, uh, he, he has got something that I don't think, it, it's almost like, in a, in a kind of way, it's almost like he's a bit like a, a hybrid of Son and Kane. That's kind of the way I sort of look at him. And he's, he's kind of got his own thing going on there. But there is just... I think that's what I find so exciting about this kind of... This this sort of front unit that we have is that... All right, one might sort of say that there's no like-for-like like replacements. And that's yeah. a bad thing. But I don't think it is. I think it, there's such a variety of kind of, of players there and different styles that it's always going to keep the opposition guessing, you know? Um 
it's yeah I don't know it's just exciting I'm so glad we've got him on the team um I did want to ask you as well like what do you make of all the the kind of what I've called the establishment um <laughs> sort of journalism the you know Steve Cooper moaning about the keepy uppies after the game you've had Sky Sports kind of put out a I would say a pretty wildly kind of <laughs> you know yada type tweet about his mm. showboating you've got talk sport this morning apparently talking about should he have received a yellow card for showboating like what the fuck is all this man like is this do you think is this content man it's do you think quite... this is or do you think if we are going to deep this mate do you think this is playing into like a bit more the kind of the psyche of the times at the moment the the fact that things are especially in this country taking a bit more of a right-wing conservative kind of tone this, on things this, this, like it yeah, seems this. insane to me that like that it has boiled this much piss like arsenal have a literal uh, what well, we probably have to say alleged rapist playing for them right now and i understand i appreciate that the media and such can't talk about these things from a legal perspective but it hasn't stopped them from waxing lyrical about party like if you if you can't talk about him in a negative light maybe just don't fucking talk about him like, but we still had Sky Sports at the end of their match the other day, showing him and Arteta having this moment on the touchline, kind of hugging, and you know, we 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 get to shine a light on this. But when we have a player like Richarlison doing a few keepy uppies, you have Martin Tyler literally saying like, maybe he deserves to get fucking injured or something like that. Yeah, like, the, co- like, the commentary fucking was fucking hell, man. The commentary was ridiculous. From but Tyler, Tyler's always been a bit anti, or not a bit. He's anti Tottenham. Is he a gooner? Um, Somebody was saying that to me I yesterday. Think, I think he is. I think he is. But I'm not. I'm not certain. But he's always had a displeasure. Um, you know the the famous commentary when we beat West Ham four three. Uh, and, oh and, uh, no! Was that yeah, Tyler? It was yeah. Like, yeah, he was like completely gutted, and it's Wanker. it's <laughs> it is a bit boring now. As funny as it can be. Um, yeah, there is a narrative at play, and it's and it's, and it's difficult to know what, whether it's a Tottenham narrative, whether there's something more deeper into it. You know, I think Jamie Redknapp might have actually said uh, that if that was Gascoigne, would be applauding him, and it, and it, and so there might be this kind of there, there might be something more to it, just in terms of who is doing what at that particular moment in time. I mean, look, Kane got yellow carded for over celebrating the second goal. We had a red card. Uh, Kane did. Yeah, apparently he. Well, that's how I've reported it. I'm pretty sure he got yellow card for what? his celebration because it obviously caused a pitch invasion. And and uh, I think well, the referee I'd, just. I'd, I'd be very interested to know how they how they tallied that honestly because that's yeah bizarre because it's to me. It, because I'm. Um, uh, um, James at Chelsea uh, celebrated in in with the crowd. I think didn't he? And he never got a second yellow. Could be making that up, but there's there's been loads of those incidences where referees let it go, and then other incidents where obviously if you're pulling your shirt off, that's you're not going to get away with it. But anyway, my point being is there, there are other talking matters. You know, there was a penalty in a red card that wasn't given. Um, looked pretty odds on that Kane would have got his head to it as well. To say that Kane would not have got his head to it because the ball was too high. Yeah, there's this thing called gravity, and the ball was coming down. I mean, he, he would have got his head to it. The point is, these are the things, VAR, these are the things that we need to be discussing, the inconsistency with the way that technology works and and, the, and, the, and everything else. But no, they want to fixate on 
something that two you know two new up it's it wasn't like it it wasn't completely i mean it was taking the piss but it wasn't it's not a crime nobody fucking died on the pitch um i shouldn't say that anymore should i um you know, I know it what you wasn't, mean, though. it's it, it it wasn't a, it wasn't something worthy of the, all this but the thing is they know that in terms of content, that when you're going to write something or talk about something like this, especially with it being connected to, to Tottenham, you're going to get loads of people that are going to hate on it because they're not Spurs fans and they're going to they're going to hate on Richarlison rather, and they're going to love the fact that the, this coverage and like you know you've seen the tweets, Spurs haven't got one likable player, and this is coming from an Arsenal supporter playing you know that certain player that you mentioned earlier with the alleged. It's not even alleged, is it? It's a technicality that's yeah. kept him out of prison. So it, it's this type of thing. We're, we're in this world now where you don't need to say something that's 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 constructed and intelligent. You can just make something up. You can decide this is the mood of what I, I hope the country will believe to be the mood that they need to feel in this moment. They should find it disgraceful that Richarlison, and yeah, he should have had his ankles broken. It's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. I mean, how Forrest should have really had a couple of second yellow cards here and there in that game yesterday. I mean, I'm not that bitter about it at all, to be fair, because it wasn't that kind of game, but there was a lot of clumsy, excuse me, a lot of clumsy uh, tackles and, uh, and and one or two things that happened where the, the referee seemed to be a bit lenient on the way he was dishing out the yellows. But I love it. I, I love that it's... It's boiling piss. I love that, uh, you know, he's got that in him. Because in a London derby, do that in a London derby, mate. Can you imagine? Like, he'll have two or three Arsenal players diving into him. It'd be like red red cards galore, as long as he doesn't get his legs broken. But you kind of do want that. It is a bit of that Lamella thing. And, and you know, the thing about Lamella is that he was <laughs> he was better known for that than he was for his actual consistency in his football and I think Richarlison does have that uh, to back him up and, and he can get away with keepy uppies because he does have that extra bit of quality about him. The thing is though mate, the, the thing about this is it, it does wind me up on that level that I think so much of this is tied up in you know, if we are going to go all like whatever, snowflakey about this there's such a level of like toxicity tied up in all of this kind of rhetoric about like well does he deserve it that's not what we do over here like I was quite surprised by Steve Cooper because you know you'd always heard it I guess just because somebody's football's progressive it doesn't mean that they are as a person and whatever it's it's not the be all and end all he doesn't have to be a a a progressive person he doesn't have to espouse progressive values just don't be a complete fucking luddite out the other end you know kind of doing us we wouldn't stand for this at nottingham forest we wouldn't stand for that type of stuff lads you just signed fucking jesse lingard this summer like what are you on about we don't stand for us you've signed somebody like jesse lingard and you've geared your whole fucking promo drive around him doing his kind of wacky celebrations and his dances and all this type of shit like don't fucking come at like these kind of situations with these kind of you know 
binary kind of sense sensibilities to this stuff this sort of this strange kind of moral gatekeeping that they have here because it, it to me it is just this really kind of strange little englander type mentality that they have you can't get away with this type of stuff here you can't well, Je- get- jeremy carriger's lost his absolute shit over this and- well, it's, it's bizarre though mate like oh you know you can't do that and he deserves a rough tackle these are the same lot mate they're the same lot that are, that are twitching their curtains and calling the local pastor to have a to have a chat with him. But such are they so offended by Christian Romero's rough tackling, his shithousing when he comes out. They just cannot make their fucking minds up, right? When either foreigners are these fancy Dan kind of Carlos Kickerball types, or they're the archetypal dirty RG that doesn't want to play the beautiful game type thing. They just cannot make their fucking minds up. And it's so fucking boring. But again, it's so funny that it's Tottenham Hotspur who are at the very kind of centre of this piss boiling, right? And so for any of this kind of we're the media darling stuff, I just point to situations like this. I say, fuck are we? Like, Absolutely yeah, I, not. The thing is, know? as well, Jack. There's been when you actually think about the amount of no look passes. The, <laughs> the what's his name at Man United? Who who who? Or was he at Everton at the time? Where he 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 stood on the ball and like put his 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 hand on his forehead as if he was looking to see where he's going to cross the ball. Um, car. Oh, who the fuck was that? Someone. Cal, Chel, Cal I can't even pronounce his name. Uh, the winger at Man United. Kanchelskis. Kachelskis, that showboating, right? I mean, there's there, there, but there's what's elements. Wrong? Why of... isn't football allowed to be nutmegging? Nutmegging yeah. is showboating technically. Like it, it's it's completely unnecessary. Why isn't but... football allowed to be fun? Why aren't you allowed to have this flair in it? I don't understand. Like the Premier League, Sky Sports. All this fucking, this ad campaign they've had this whole summer. You only get to see these moments once. This is a fucking great moment. Why is it su- Why is it this cardinal sin? It's yeah, bizarre. I, I it's fucking bizarre. It's fucking it bizarre. It's like I know I'm getting all wound up about this. I just I find it, re- and I don't even feel it just because it's a Spurs thing that it's happening to. I do find it. It's it's just, just something bizarre in the psyche with a lot of this stuff. And I do think it is just little Englanding. Like I really do. I just think it's this strange kind of. We want to be the hardest, but we also want to say we've got the most fun, most exciting league. Then fucking choose, lads. Like, Apparently, fucking choose, uh, you know? Uh, Luis Diaz has, has been doing a bit of juggling as well. Oh, has he? So, like, yeah, so, so the thing is, it, it, you're, you're right. There, there, there's there's a weird agenda. I mean, it, obviously, I mean, maybe because he's at Liverpool, like he gets a complete free pass. So, so yeah, it's, it's, this is what I mean. There's not even any logic to, to the selectiveness of it. You know, like some foreign players are allowed to get away with it, it would appear, but not if they play for Tottenham, which is probably standard kind of media responses to anything Spurs do, because how dare Tottenham have a player that does that in a football match? Um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just bullshit. It really is, um, and we're just not going to get, we're just not going to get away from that. I think it's just they're they're fixated on this stuff, and like I said. So much of it is just cartoon exaggeration as well because they know people are going to call in and go, oh, that never happened back in my day when you had proper players, proper white players, tackling white players. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're going to get that. I don't know why I just attacked 
certain type of person there, but there there are there are these weird (laughs) there are these weird little narratives. Is it's not totally about racism and totally about hating foreigners, but there is an element to that, and there's also an element of Tottenham being involved in it. And and if that was Lingard doing keepy uppies, oh cheeky lad, what's yeah, what's he doing there? That's that was that was, and there a plot. You can see that playing out. You can see that happening, and I think that's probably why you're getting annoyed because there is hypocrisy just in plain sight with so much of what happens uh, in in football. But again, you know, you want to look at Arsenal playing that player and persisting with that player, and no one really talking about that. Again, it kind of shows you that. We're the ones that, we, that can talk freely. They're the ones that they that have to follow a script, um, and they kind of rewrite that script as often as they they wish to. Um, and that's that tends to be football coverage uh, for the most part. Not all football coverage, but it's especially that kind of talk sports, Sky Sports, kind of clickbait uh, type of coverage. I think that's a nice place to leave it there, mate. I've got myself all a bit aerated there. Um, and I've probably been bashing people's ears off for long enough for uh, for this week so far anyway. Um, we didn't even get round to talking about... <laughs> we didn't even get round to talking about West Ham, but fuck them, we're going to beat them. Might be. Yeah, go, quick prediction for West Ham, mate. I'm saying I'm saying 2-0 Spurs. Uh, two, I reckon 2-1. Oh, Tottenham. 2-1, they're not scoring against us, mate. But um, <laughs> Thank you very much, Spooky, for coming on. At Spooky23 on Twitter, if you do, I mean, I don't need to tell you to listen to Spooky stuff, but if you do want to hear more from Spooky, he does have a Patreon going on at the moment you can sign into. What, what else can people find on your Patreon, mate? Um, loads of blogs, uh, four different podcasts, uh, and some video content as well. Um, it's just, it's just dear Mr. Levy behind a paywall. But appreciate the support for people that have signed up to it and if you haven't fucking do it mate fucking do it fucking do it ditch all the other no I'm not going to do it <laughs> just, just you know sign up for Spooky's Patreon it's good he's a good bloke he's a good lad he's a good lad you are Spooky me patting you on the head a bit there at the I'm end blushing. I'm I know, blushing. I know. but Never yeah it. cheers <laughs> What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 